Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Allison's Wonderland. Today's guest is best known as Princess Leia on Star Wars The Forces of Destiny, as well as Reyna on Baby Shark. And uh, you might recognize her from her massive success on TikTok. So please welcome Shelby Young. Hey, Shelby. Hello. It is so good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you, too. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> this is this is the studio. I love wonderland. it. I love the, it. The, wo- the woodland. The woodland. <laughs> the woodland wonderland. With the wonderland cups. Big fan. Yes. Thank you. You have the same set, you I said. Do. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) I do indeed. I have almost everything. You said you have the dessert platter, which I am missing, but I just got the salt and pepper shaker. Actually, we could have a kick and tea party. Right? We could. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so fun. I know. And it's amazing because I feel like I know you from TikTok, but Mm -hmm. then we hadn't met until then. I think we ran into each other like two or three times in a day. Yeah. It was, what was it? It was the Firestarter uh, event. Yes. And then the next day it was at Sushi and you were like, hi. And I was like, oh my God. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Such a small world because we live in the same neighborhood. This is true. That's this why true. this shoot also takes place in the same neighborhood because... I'm very happy about that. I'm never leaving. <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm curious to hear a little bit about like how you first got your start. I know you have a lot of on-camera experience as yeah. well as voice acting, but how did you get started as an actor? Yeah, it was something that just kind of happened. I always knew I wanted to be an actor. My mom says I would stand in front of the TV and like recite commercials and things <laughs> with shows. So I was a, I was a ham. But for fun, my mom saw an ad in the paper for a pageant when I was like three, maybe. Uh-huh. And we went to that and it kind of just snowballed from there where I guess I won a pageant. So then I moved on to the next one. I remember absolutely none of this, but I guess <laughs> the judges were acting agents at the end. And so they were interested in representing me and it kind of all just happened from there. I uh, started in the on-camera space, actually theater, then on camera. Uh-huh. And then when I was a kid, my mom and I went to New York for a bit and I started working a little bit in voice over there. So I knew the world slightly. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grasp at that age, like that that was a a career too. I thought it was yeah. like, you're on camera, like that's an actor. Very wrong. And then I booked a video game in 2011, 2012. That was mocap. It was just a regular audition through my on-camera reps. And after I did that, I was like, this is, this is it. Like I want to do this for the rest of my life. So that really is when I decided to become a voice actor. And, and that was when you were living in New York? That was back here. Sorry. I you skipped moved, a whole thing. I moved, moved we moved LA. to New York. We moved to LA. We've been all Florida, over the place. New yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. <laughs> now I'm here. You met your mocap and then... I did. Wow, what what did that experience feel like? Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it was... The game was called Dead Rising 3. Mm -hmm. It was one of my first like lead roles in really anything like that. I'd done some indie films in the lead role, but I'd done a lot of guest stars and that sort of thing. But it was with Tom Keegan, who I don't know if you've worked with him, but he is... Oh, an amazing director and a very good friend now. But it was just so much fun because it was this mix of on-camera stage and voiceover in mm-hmm. a way. You don't have to worry about the camera because the camera is a part of your headgear that you're wearing, basically. So you're not worrying about your looks or anything like that, but it is on camera. It's like theater in the aspect of you need to know a full scene, like six to eight pages of dialogue needs to be memorized and you go through Ooh. the whole thing. And if there's a mess up, they call cut and you start over, which I guess is a little different than theater, but you got to know 
know your stuff. And then voiceover because it's voice acting, right? But it was just like playing pretend you're in a room and there's nothing really there and you're using your imagination. And I loved it. I love I love it currently. <laughs> yeah. And tell us about the mocap suit. So you're in basically a wetsuit with ping pong balls on you. Um, <laughs> they put dots on your face so that they can track your facial muscle movements. And then you're wearing what I call headgear. But it's like a helmet with this metal thing that sticks out with a little camera right here. And it's the worst angle ever. If you see yourself, it's like looking up your nose. But I guess it's the best angle for the animators. But it's just it's really funny on that shoot. My character and the lead male player character had a kiss scene and they wanted to capture our facial data. So they're like, we'll try to fake it first and then we'll do a real kiss. But try to fake it with your cameras. Just don't get them tangled, which we did. It was like we were 14 year olds with actual headgear on and we were like, oh, we're stuck. I remember those days. <laughs> yep, I had it too. <laughs> I feel like they don't have to do that with kids anymore. They don't. Technology. I know, right? All the kids now, they also like, they don't go through awkward phases, no. I feel like anymore. Everybody's just so pretty already. Yes. And I'm like, well, where was this for me when I was YouTube. a child? That's what it <laughs> Makeup is. Tips on Makeup Makeup tips on YouTube. Contouring on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that sounds like such an amazing experience. It so. was. It was really cool. And that, yeah, that just kind of snowballed from there. I started talking to my then on camera reps being like, uh -huh. I want to keep doing this. Uh -huh. And it still took a while. It was still like another two years, I think, before I signed with my agents. And the rest is kind of history. I've just started working with them and I love them. And I really shifted my focus over to voiceover and mocap more than the on-camera space right now. Yeah. So are you still actively pursuing on-camera? No, not right now. It's something that I never want to say any door is closed because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I'm not currently like auditioning and trying for it. I'm, I'm just strictly focusing on auditioning for, for voiceover and stuff. And also your very successful content creation yes, career. Yes, content creating is a new thing. Yeah. It, I guess it's not, I mean, it is new, but not that new. It's since 2020 now, so it's two years. But I just started making videos during the pandemic because I was bored and stuck inside like everybody else. And I didn't expect it to blow up the way that it has, but it kind of changed my life in a way. Yeah. I mean, how did it, like, what was your first viral video? Do you remember? Oh, man. my. So the first video I posted posted on TikTok, did pretty well. I wouldn't say it was viral, viral, but it did. It got uh, hundreds of thousands of views, I'd say. And that was just me showing like acting jobs I'd had in the uh -huh. past. So then I thought, cool, I have followers from this. And then I posted like my own original content and nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, I get it. But then I did this Siri video where I do uh, smart assistants a lot for uh, film and, and mm -hmm. TV. Um, and I just did this video on a trend where it's my way or the highway. So I'm like, and if you call me an ass, make sure to put smart in front of it and instant after it, which is smart assistant, but it blew up. And that was the first like real viral video. And I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, yeah. it was pretty, pretty crazy. And then the Disney princess morphs. I, I started doing these videos where I teach people how to do different impressions. So I'll cover like five impressions in a one minute clip and I'll just kind of explain, well, you want to hold your voice in your nose if you're going to do Megara from Hercules and then add a little lisp to do Rapunzel. Like this is a big day, Pascal. So explaining it, I think uh -huh. people liked because it was a mini lesson. And those that literally is when it all really took off. Wow. Yeah. So did you get a lot of stalkers from my <laughs> <laughs> uh, No, I hope not. And if so, they're good stalkers because I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks over the corner. Like, no, like, uh -oh. <laughs> no I've, I've been very lucky that the majority of my internet experience has been pretty positive. Mm -hmm. Definitely. There are hate comments that everybody gets. And that's kind of unfortunate. Unfortunately, the internet, yeah. but my thought process
process is, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm having fun and I'm ho- hoping most people enjoy the content, but the few people that don't, I'm just like, I don't know why you took the time out to comment something negative, but that is a you thing and not a me thing. So I'm not going to let it bother me. <laughs> and it just drove up my algorithm. <laughs> right. I'm like, thank you for that. This is a monetized video. <laughs> <laughs> so how much of your time are you spending then creating videos for social? It depends, honestly, because my main job, of course, is voice acting. Mm-hmm. So when I have a busy week, sometimes I don't have time to do anything with uh, the social media stuff. If I have a slower week, it depends on the video I'm making anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours, depending on if I need to change locations of where I am, hair and makeup, or if I don't care and I'm just filming it while I'm in bed because it's like different styles <laughs> of videos. filter. <laughs> exactly right. Oh my God. TikTok filters have saved my life. Um, I always joke with my boyfriend. I'm like, no one on the internet knows what my real face looks like. Um, but yeah, it really, it depends on those. When I'm doing impression videos, that takes a little bit of time because I'm a perfectionist mm. and I want to make sure when I'm putting out an impression that it's a good impression. So I'll sit and I'll really work on it. Just the same as if I have a voice match mm-hmm. audition before I jump in. And then with those morph videos, it's hard because I don't cut. So if I am on the third impression out of five and I flub something, mm. I go back to the beginning and start over. So those can take a little bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And so w- when you started your, you know, content creating for TikTok, mm-hmm. were you already experienced at editing or is this something you've learned along the way? I mean, I've made like joke videos and edited an iMovie before, but nothing like this. So no, this was something I learned. I had no idea how to use the TikTok app the first time (laughs) I opened it. I still struggle because now I do a lot on YouTube shorts as well. And I still struggle on there sometimes. Snapchat, forget about it. Uh, I Yeah, it's something I had to teach myself as I went. Yeah, well, I I love how like your videos are so snappy. Thank you. you. And have such a great cohesive style that I wondered if it was like just being on TikTok at the right time too. I mean, yeah. obviously talent and skill hundred <laughs> percent as well, but there's like people that have been on the app for a few years sort of inherently know it's like, cut this, cut this, make it shorter, make it tighter. Yeah. The slow zoom in. I feel like, have you ever seen Dan Poppenmeyer's like, I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> yes. I'm, like, that is I'm like, how do I do that? <laughs> That's so funny. No, I, I think it's just because I honestly got addicted to watching videos yeah. before I ever even posted my own. Yeah. So I knew the style of video I liked. Yeah. And I was like, I need to figure out how to do this myself. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, amazing. And has, do you feel like it's made significant changes in your, your voice acting career? I would say it has definitely been helpful. There are a few jobs I've gotten because of TikTok. Mm -hmm. There are other jobs where I just worked on a game and I ended up voicing like 10 different characters for this game. And I knew the director previously, but he had said, he was like, I didn't know you had this range until I saw your TikTok videos. So I knew you could play this little kid and then this old woman because I saw it online. So it's helpful in that aspect. But I always tell people when they're starting on TikTok, especially voice actor friends, that if you go at it expecting something work-wise to come out of it, it probably won't. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that it's you being genuine and having fun will get you more attention than if it's something where it's like you're just putting your demo reel constantly out there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things I tell other friends that are like, do I need to be on TikTok for my voiceover career to take off? I'm like, not at all. No, no, no. (laughs) Be on TikTok if you like it. Like if you love it, if it's genuinely fun and you want to spend your time doing this, like absolutely go for it. Nothing bad's going to come of that. But if it's something that you're dreading doing and you think you have to now in order to book a voiceover job, I don't think that that's the Mm -hmm. case at least. 
Yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion on that, actually? Um, You know, I feel like it's all kind of starting to mesh together. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it, it the change has happened yet. I don't right. think anyone's not working because they're not making TikTok videos. Right. I do think, you know, but it's I think the challenge is, you know, showcasing your skills in a way that's not just like, hey, the look at Michelle. All right. The, you know, which is like creating content and creating value. And I feel like you do that so well. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. So, I mean, I think it's a skill probably most people should start learning because I don't think short-term video content's going anywhere. Oh, no, not at all. Um, I, I I do think it is such a cool thing and a great thing to be able to create jobs for yourself in a way as well. Because mm-hmm. that's another thing outside of just voiceover with these short-term or short form videos, mm. I'll end up getting brand deals now with companies that I hadn't yeah. worked with before. And that was something I knew nothing about and wasn't expecting to happen. But that's helped me also now with contracts because I understand contracts a bit more after reading so many now on my own. Because usually that was something with just my agents to take care of. But now I'll look over my voiceover contracts sometimes if it's something that's not just standard. And I'll be like, so what, 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 what does this mean? Oh, okay, interesting. Maybe we should take this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Start asking for what you want. It's it's an empowered place to be. Totally, totally. Yeah. And that's hence the content, what a content creator is. And we're seeing this whole new side of entertainment pop up. It's very cool. It's an exciting time to be creating. But, you know, the the flip side of that is Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like it's never enough. You know, like no matter how many videos I make in a week, I feel like it's never enough. I didn't create that one comedy one that I wanted to do. Or I still have this sketch idea that I didn't. I have a list on my phone of like 50 ideas that I have no idea what I will get to. But eventually I will. Because what happens is, you write down these ideas. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I'll write down these ideas. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do today. But then I'll be scrolling and I'll get an idea for something different and I'll do that instead. And then I'm like, oh, I'm just adding to my never ending list. I guess <laughs> We can make a sketch about that. I guess so. <laughs> the never ending. Right. <laughs> Another thing that like, because it became work that I do hate mm-hmm. my own brain for like getting stuck on sometimes is I never used to care or be concerned about views or likes or any of that. Mm-hmm. And now it's one of those things because of working with brands. I, I, I don't worry about this as much, I guess, with voiceover, but I want them to see my popular content to make sure that they know that I'm someone that can get them a lot of uh, views or or, uh, whatever it is that they're looking for. So I get stressed now when a video doesn't do well. And I used to never care about that. So that's the only thing that I'm still trying to like chill (laughs) chill Do you have any advice for newer people that might be creating content to stay mentally well? Take a break. (laughs) Take breaks. (laughs) Take breaks. Take breaks. That is the biggest thing. Take a full, I need to do this myself, but social media breaks are so important because Mm -hmm. it isn't the real world. Mm-hmm. It is filters and it is the best of your life. It's not the moments that you're probably experiencing more often that you don't want to share online. I mean, some people are really good about being very open and I have been too about either health issues or just feeling sad or, or mental health, right? But 99% of the content we see is, you know, people at their best, people happy at a fun event, looking great at the beach, whatever it mm-hmm. is. So sometimes I can get to you and I just think taking a break is the best thing you can do. Take a break, <laughs> take a break. Yeah, it's in but bad shoot the content first. <laughs> yeah, shoot the content, take a break, post when you get back, break, bulk shoot. <laughs> so obviously you are the voice for Princess Leia for a number of different projects. Yes. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you first, your very first job? Yeah, my first job was Star Wars Forces of Destiny. It was my first real animated job and uh-huh. it was just an audition, which is crazy. Yeah. It was an audition I recorded at the time in my walk-in closet that wasn't even set up to be remotely like a booth 
booth. It was when I was first starting out. I think I was on my old like blue Yeti, which my agency was like, like get uh, rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was I I had an audition and it was code names and everything for it. But they had said they wanted a young. It was wasn't as much about the sound, but they had said like a similar sound to a young Carrie Fisher. But it was more about just the character being very strong. Mm-hmm. And I read on it. And did I, you know it was Princess Leia? I figured, Fisher, yeah. I figured it out. I figured it out. Tipped you up. I read on it and I forgot about it. And I think it was like two or three weeks later, I get an email from my agent saying, hey, congrats, you booked this. And I was like, excuse, excuse me, <laughs> what was this? I'm sorry, what? And so then I found out I was playing Princess Leia in an animated Disney show, like wow. the dream. Like it was so cool. I, I cried. I called my mom. I was freaking out. She'd never seen Star Wars, so she didn't get it. She was very happy for me, but she was just like, okay. And I'm like, no, mom is Princess Leia. Like you don't understand. <laughs> and I went in, we recorded at, I think we were at Margarita Mix that first time. And the team was insanely nice and just so cool. And it was a dream project. Like it was just the coolest. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So, and I heard that you hadn't actually seen the Star Wars movies till like 2011. Is that true? It is true. It was when I was working on that Dead Rising game. Uh-huh. So we were filming up until the holidays and then we were going to have a break and come back in January. And I forget who it was on set, but someone found out I hadn't seen Star Wars and he started giving me a hard time and calling me your worshipfulness, which is what Han calls Leia to make fun of her. And I'm like, please stop calling me princess. Stop calling me this. Like, I'll watch Star Wars over the break. Okay, fine. <laughs> and it's like, just call me Shelby again. So I sat down with my guy friends and we put on a new hope and I thought like, I'll just watch this one and that's it. And then that finished. And I was like, we got to watch them all. And so in the next like two to three days, we binged the uh, OT and then we did the prequels and I was hooked. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so and that, but that was still before. Yeah, that was before, before you became the, before, uh, <laughs> before I became a part of that galaxy. Yeah, that was crazy. It's just, it's so funny, like looking back now that he was literally teasing me, calling me these names that Han would call Princess Leia. And then later I was Princess Leia in a pro- like a few projects, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. So after voicing Princess Leia for so long, is it weird then voicing a villain in The Bad Batch? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Let's talk about that. I love playing both sides. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it was just really fun and very different. There's something, it's one thing to voice an already established Established character like that already in itself is such a cool thing. But there's also this added pressure of I want to do right by this character that's already been created by Carrie Fisher, right? Like the fans know who Princess Leia is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's another thing to completely create a new character in that same galaxy, which is amazing. But it's my own take on whatever I want it to be. And that was very cool. And yeah, it was it was awesome to, to play a baddie. It was my first villain role. Yeah. Can we hear what she sounds like? The Empire is not your enemy. When a mandatory curfew will be put into effect for your protection. I flubbed that, but it was basically that. (laughs) Jamie, have you ever done a video where she talks to Princess Leia? No, that would be amazing. They're in different time periods, but I wish. (laughs) This is like a a little device or something. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the future. (laughs) And you also, you did ADR on Obi-Wan Kenobi. I did. You're just all up in the mix, huh? It's been kind of crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I got asked on a TikTok comment someone was like how many Star Wars projects have you been in and I 
think it was 12 or 14 now, which blows my mind. Gosh. Yeah. I, it's literally, again, like I'm such a fangirl for it that every time I end up booking or getting asked to work on something in that galaxy, I'm just like, is this my life? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Like what's happening right now? (laughs) But yeah, working on Obi-Wan was really, really cool. Um, I do a lot of ADR and looping. So, you know, we are very big secret keepers because we see these projects in post-production before they come out. So, we knew the secrets of the show and that was a cool one to keep about you've seen the show right I have not seen the show I don't want to spoil anything then <laughs> I was only going to give away something in the first episode in case you're watching Lucasfilm <laughs> it's already out but I did voice a droid I got a featured little VO role in that episode the first episode which was really cool and I was not expecting it because there's no guarantee sure we tested it out yeah. and they're like we might use this we might not and then there it was on the screen and I was at Disney World with my sister we're at the hotel watching it I was like <gasps> They used it. It's me. I'm the droid. <laughs> I still like get so excited every single time. I It'll never get you're old. Looking for. I was. I am. Yes. The- yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. That's great. So in addition to Princess Leia, you obviously um, work on the baby shark for Nickelodeon, which is like a completely different, very different style of show. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think about working on preschool shows as compared to other shows? Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's to me at the end of the day, it's all acting. Yeah. But when I was a little kid watching cartoons, I remember just learning so much from them and being so excited by them. And the thought of a little kid watching me in a cartoon and learning from my character, like, like we just did this, oh, this amazing episode. I, I cried when I read the script. And then when I saw it, I was, it's a tearjerker, but Aww. it's this whole episode about adoption. And it's a Mother's Day episode. And my character, Raina Manta, I have a little son, William, who's Baby Shark's best friend, <laughs> but he's a pilot fish and I'm a manta ray. And so he's not understanding why our family doesn't look like all the other families. Mm-hmm. And they touch on it because there's um, some LGBT couples. There's like, basically it's just showing that there is no normal family. Like you can be yeah. a family no matter what. And with him, it's just about the adoption story. And I tell him no matter what, he's my son and I love him so much. And I could cry right now, but it was like, it was so beautiful. And I'm like, wow, like this is going out into the world and little kids are growing up watching this. And like, I'm sure out there, there are little kids that are are adopted that have had similar questions that are going to learn from this and feel like, oh, this is totally normal. Cool. Like, yeah, it felt very special with that. Yeah. It's like you're making a positive impact just by the characters you're putting out yeah, there. Yeah, by having fun, honestly, which is mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when you're working on something so light and something that's so wholesome, yeah. that has a real educational bent for preschool, have you watched it with any kids? Have you seen the fan reaction? <laughs> uh, I wish. I. You know, it's funny. I used to nanny and babysit and uh-huh. all that. And I, I don't anymore. But I used to, I remember watching shows like Sophia the First and it, we would have watched Baby Shark together, but I do not have any little kids in my life to watch it with. I'd feel a little creepy knocking on doors being like, do you have a kid I can watch my show with? Uh, so no. <laughs> we can watch it with my kid. Oh, thanks. I'd love to. <laughs> but no, I've definitely watched it myself. I've watched episodes that I'm not in because I genuinely think it's like, it's a really good show. Yeah. There are definitely those educational moments, but something I really like about it is it's played like a regular cartoon in the aspect of not like, you know, Dora the Explorer where you're talking to the kid. Mm. It's very much just story driven and fun and wacky and funny. And the voice acting, the cast is, they're phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, we make 
puns the entire time we record. Do you guys record ensemble style? Or? We did a few times over Zoom. We haven't been able to do it in person yet, but I'm like crossing my fingers that we'll get back into Nickelodeon and get yeah. to do that. Oh, that's the dream. That would be so fun. Mm-hmm. And um, do you, which director have you worked with on that show? Uh, Serena Irwin. Great. Yeah, she's amazing. Have you worked with her? Well, indirectly, okay. yes. <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Cool. So um, now as you're, you know, you've, you've got a lot of work going on with the VO. What do you see as the next step for you? Gosh, honestly, like just continuing what I'm doing. I want to do this until I die. Like I have no retirement plan. I am not going to retire. I will be voicing characters until my voice runs dry. No, I love this. I love this. Something I would like to do in the future is voice direct as well. Yeah. I'm super interested in directing for animation. I've done a few very small, like for fun projects. Oh, really? Yeah. There was during the pandemic, like the height of the pandemic, there's a creator society and they did this little, uh, it was a, what was it? We had one week, they put five of us strangers together over Zoom to create our animated shorts. And we had to come up with the plot. We had to write the whole thing. We had to figure out the animatics or if we wanted to fully animate it, do the voice acting, all of the above. Um, and I ended up voice directing that little short and we won Most Creative, which was very cool. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Is that something we can see online? Yeah, it's online. God, I'm blinking on the title of what it was. But you can send me the link. I'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. Okay, okay. cool. But yeah, it yeah. was fun. It was a little girl who's scared to lose her for tooth but then it's in her mouth and the teeth are alive and they're freaking out about like what comes next oh yeah that's so cute yeah. that is beyond the great wide open exactly wow yeah i mean well it seems like a natural fit too um having been a performer most yeah of your life absolutely yeah it's just something i because i you know and as a voice actor yourself like we self-direct ourselves constantly for auditions <laughs> too much i know that's it <laughs> i wish i wish directed auditions were a thing sometimes but oh yeah it's one of those things where you you learn what's funny like what works what the timing is of course again it's about feeling more than it is about what it sounds like mm-hmm. but you know when it sounds right or when it sounds wrong i'll even sometimes i'll just edit them because i just needed a half a second more of a pause and i'll know that i need that so it's one of those things that i would love to eventually jump into a booth and, and help figure out with other actors yeah yeah that sounds amazing yeah the dream <laughs> the dream it's it's all coming it's all coming to fruition yeah thanks hopefully a, a lot of dreams been formed on these, these hard plastic Chairs. I said it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So, I mean, gosh, I don't know. if we kind of ended this. Okay, I want to get back to Siri. I mean, we kind of, I just want to, let's see. I mean, we kind of covered everything. I, I didn't write <laughs> this one and I want to make sure that we wrap it up in a Is there anything else that you want to talk about? Any upcoming projects that you can? Not really. I mean, I'm allowed to just say I'm Leia again in Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation and then I'm Skulled in God of War Ragnarok, but I can't like say anything past those. Yeah. Um, What just dropped? Elder Scrolls just dropped. Let's talk about that. Sure. I think I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's out. It's out. <laughs> we, can, we got two weeks. Yeah, left there, there we so. go. <laughs> you just announced a new project, Elder Scrolls? Yes, Elder Scrolls Online, High Isle. Oh. Yes, yes. High Isle as opposed to Low Isle. As opposed to Low Isle, yes. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a fun DLC. I, I voiced three different characters in it, which is really fun. My main character is Aurelia Jervell. I There's a new companion character that Laura Bailey is voicing named Isabel, and I'm her best friend in this plot of this storyline here. Uh-huh. And she was very fun. She starts out as this very kind of sp- 
spoiled girl. But then she goes on an adventure and gets kidnapped and a lot of things happen and she grows up a lot and uh-huh. you, you root for her. <laughs> How old is she? She's in her 20s. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I play a dark elf. Uh, it's a smaller part for that one, but I help. There's a card game within the video game, which is pretty cool. And I'm one of the people you have to beat in that. And then I'm a very devout light keeper and I have a deeper voice for her just to change things up. <laughs> Keeping the light. Keeping the light. So how do you, when you first get audition sides for a project, yeah. how do you approach um preparing for the role. Yeah, absolutely. I I usually skip reading the breakdown. Mm -hmm. Um, I jump right into, I'll look at character art, but I don't really want to read what the description is right off the bat. I'll I'll get those notes and ideas from the actual script itself. Mm -hmm. Unless it's one of the ones where, you know, those block uh, (laughs) lines where it's just like excited, (laughs) determined. So how do you approach preparing for a role? Yeah, when it's an audition, I'll usually skip reading the description first. I'll look at character art just to see age or, or an idea of what I think that character might sound like, what voice I'd see coming out of their mouth. But I like to get my I infer from the script, I guess, who the character is mm-hmm. first. I'll record that and then I'll go back and read the breakdown and see if I kind of hit the notes that casting was looking for. Uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes those descriptions are super, super helpful and exactly what you need. But other times they can be a little confusing where it might say she's determined, but then shy. Right. So <laughs> it's one of those things where it's sort of up to you. But I, I'll break down the script just a little bit there, but I'll for finding the voice again it really is about the image and then I put myself in that position Mm -hmm. like that's kind of I guess my acting style is I'm playing pretend as myself so this is the character that is Shelby playing pretend so I'll find those natural I guess Shelby isms Mm -hmm. that I'll add in sometimes just because that's how I would say it and that makes my read stand out from someone else's read just like you would put in your own Allisonisms that maybe I wouldn't snort laugh there but that's (laughs) what came out when you did it or I'll add in like an um and that's not how someone else would do it. So I, I find ways to make it my own. But then, yeah, I, I usually infer who the character is from the script rather than just the description. Mm-hmm. And are you always just auditioning by yourself in your booth? Yeah, yeah I am. Kind of lonely. It's very, it. I have a little stuffed porg that I keep in there. He watches over a me. What? A porg oh. from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> He's my companion while I record. And my cat that's the always scratching sage. at the door, right? <laughs> but no, it's, it is me by myself. It's very rare. Unless it's a mocap audition, then obviously I'll have a friend help me tape it or mm-hmm. be my reader. But yeah, it's usually just me, myself, and I. It's a good good group. Yeah. Good group of ladies. Good. Thanks. They're all right. <laughs> Sometimes. I, uh, she's a little. <laughs> and I can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And and so then once, you know, like the process that you go through where, you know, you've recorded a character yeah. and then you're waiting and then you see it on air. Yeah. What is it like to then experience? Have you ever had moments where you're like, is that me? Yes. That doesn't sound like me. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. So I'm a very anxious human being and I am always convinced that I have been recast and no one has told me until something comes out. So <laughs> especially on really high profile ones that I'm excited about, usually uh-huh. I skip to the end credits uh-huh. and I look for my name and then I go back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but right. Oh, it's happened and yeah, it happens. It's, it's, it's happened, happened to every voice yeah. actor. The first time it happened, I was super bummed about it. But I talked to like three friends who are all like, oh, 
you're fine. That happens to everyone. And it's something you can't take personally because it could, it's so easily that it just, they went a completely different direction with the character or that one time it was that production house has changed and they just already had someone that they usually used for things. So it's just, you never know what it is. And it's never like, we hate you. You were bad. It's like, (laughs) you know, it was for the greater good of the project. Um, But yeah, I'm honestly always just like, I hope it's me. I hope it's me. And then it's me. And it's even like, (laughs) sometimes it's even projects where I've seen a clip and I'm already in the clip. I'm like, well, maybe something will change before it is on TV. I don't know what's going to happen. My boyfriend's like, you need to calm down. I'm hedging my bets. Yeah, right. (laughs) Making sure. But once it's out, I'm always just like, wow, this is insane. It's always a pinch me moment. Honestly, it is. It's truly like I'm living my dream. Like I am doing exactly what I want to be doing. And so when those moments happen, it's that shock of like, I'm doing it. I'm like, this is it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever, are you ever like, wow, when you see your, hear your voice coming out of that character, like, I didn't even think that was me. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I mean, I can hear myself so clearly. I think because I do so much impression work as well. Mm -hmm. I like, I really know my own voice. So I'm able to pick my voice out of even background voices when we're yelling and it's a whole group of people. I usually can be like, oh, I, that's my tone. I can hear me Uh there. uh Um, uh But there have been a few times where I'm like, I can't believe I did that voice. Like, I know it's me. I can hear it's me, but it's not me. And it's very different. Okay, cool. (laughs) I think the Bad Batch actually was one of those where I'm like, I know what my British accent sounds like, but hearing it come out of such a cool character, like such a commanding character too. I'm like, okay, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, in case you didn't catch this. This is me. (laughs) Pretty cool. No, but it's, yeah, it's always really surprising. There are also sometimes that, you know, we all cringe at our own work too. I'm usually very proud of my voice work. It was the on-camera stuff more that I would be like, oh God, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. It's hard. Why is it so hard? I don't know. Even watching back my own TikToks, I'll sometimes cringe at my own Mm. face. But when it's my voice, I'm usually like, all right, that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can completely relate to that. Yeah. There's too many angles with faces. Too much. Too many things. (laughs) Too many things. So then what advice would you give somebody who was aspiring to be a voice actor? Yeah, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Get yourself into acting classes. That is number one. Um, It is acting first and foremost. A lot of people, especially again with social media, I get people reaching out to me um, saying like, I can do this silly voice and I know how to do this and do that. And that's great. And that's an awesome skill to have. But that will not get you far if you don't have acting to back that up. Mm -hmm. So if it's someone who is completely green, I tell them to not even worry about starting with a voiceover class. Just take whatever classes are available to you in your area if that's a college course or a high school drama class, or if you are somewhere where there are scene study classes and improv and cold reading. Yeah, Yeah. those are very important skills to have. Then start with the voiceover classes. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things that it's hard. It takes a long time before you start to see any successes and you have to genuinely love it. And if you do, don't stop. Just keep going for it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I know. That's been my experience too, is things seem to take so much longer than in your mind. Like Mm -hmm. I had like a business plan coming out of college and it was like, I I think year five, it was like, win Emmy. (laughs) Obviously, it only takes five years. Obviously, do touring stand-up comic, win (laughs) Emmy, you know, a series regular. And yeah, things just take a long time. Yeah, people that don't live or or work in this industry 
I don't think understand that because you don't hear about all of the failed auditions. You hear those success stories, right? You have people announcing the project they're working on. So it's hard to gauge how long it took someone to get to the position that they're in unless they're openly talking about it. It's like those overnight Hollywood. She was just discovered drinking a milkshake, right? Like (laughs) 15 years later, (laughs) right? It it happens every now and then. Sure. But it is such a, it is a job. It is a career. It's hard work and just like very different career than being a doctor. But just like if you were going to be a doctor, you go to school to train to be a doctor. If you want to be a voice actor, you go to classes to train to be a voice actor. Did you study um, acting in Los Angeles? Yeah, I was, I've been in classes my whole life. I still every now and then will hop into a workshop just Mm -hmm. to like keep up on animation trends because they are constantly changing. Yeah. But yeah, I took a few, I used to study with Andrew McGarry and was a teacher I was with out here for a long time. And then John Homa and then uh, Anthony Mindell. But yeah, I took, took a lot of classes in my, my youth. Yes. It's basically (laughs) grad school. Basically. Right. (laughs) And, and then when you were getting your career started, did you have a survival career? Did you have a day job? I used to. Yeah, absolutely. I had a bunch of random day jobs. I hopped around. My favorite was probably being a party princess. (laughs) I did that too. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I'm not surprised. Oh, yes. Did you have your like little magic kit and everything? A magic kit? Did they make you do magic? No, I did not do magic. I did face painting. Oh, yeah. 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 Like a... Balloon animals? Oh, nope. I never got that far. Yeah, we did. We had, it was like, okay, 10 minutes for this and 10 minutes for that. And like, oh, man. Yeah, oh, no. I, I worked with one company that I loved and they were great and they were more, it was an actual like location that people would come into for parties. Uh, but then I did mobile yeah. parties with a different company. It was so, so hard. <laughs> so so scary. They would send me with just like a giant suitcase full of uh, dress up clothes, <laughs> a kit, and like they would just send me by myself. And I'm like, I don't know where I am or what I'm doing. And I'm so scared. <laughs> You're like cooking at your sheet. You're like, okay, Westlake Village. Like, and where? then I'm in downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah. Culver City. Yeah. That was that. The mobile part wasn't my favorite. The one that was actually stationary was so much fun though. Oh my yeah. gosh. I've always worked with kids. So the nannying, babysitting. Yeah. And then I had just odd jobs. I worked at Menchie's for a while, the frozen yogurt place. Oh, hey. Yeah. Did they, so, do they give you free ice cream? Yes, oh, they that's do. amazing. They do indeed. But you have to um, lube the machines. Learned how to do that. Wait, what? Yeah, you have to take them apart and lube the pieces after you wash them to then put it back together so everything runs smoothly. But it was definitely always a joke in the, in the what? back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, what kind of oil do they use for that? Uh, you don't want to know. I don't. And actually, I do. I really do. I'm built like an ice cream machine. Hey. <laughs> And on that And there we go. Shelby, it's been so great chatting with you (laughs) and hearing all about your multifaceted, multi talented (sighs) self. And um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Allison's Wonderland, where we explore the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. For more episodes of Allison's Wonderland, please visit us at www.allisonpacker.com. See you next week.